0: Welcome to Shortcut the Sunday. I'm Ben, and I'm coming to you not live on behalf of Holy Family Episcopal Church in Fishers, Indiana. And uh, Bruce is still on vacation this week, so we're going to take a step back in time and enjoy a conversation early on in this show's career. Uh, all the way back to November 19th, uh, 2018 is when uh, it was released. It was for the Sunday of November 25th. 2018. I thought it might be fun to uh, take a step in a, into a time portal and see how far we've come and yet how far we have failed and to to learn or get any better. So admittedly, the, uh, the readings from that Sunday don't really have anything to do with the readings from this Sunday. And a lot of that is, is a long boring conversation, but to suffice it to say, uh, the the ties between the year uh, lectionary years um, are 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 more in season and within the year themselves. So a lot of the things that we've been reading, we haven't really had anything uh, up to this point that have uh, that that have had any direct correlation, or even uh, honestly uh, some indirect correlation. So uh, a lot of what we get to read. Um, most Sundays actually uh, are are uh, carefully picked in such an order that they kind of get to hold hold true for themselves. Uh, so a a uh, clip show like this would be a, will be a lot more easy uh, for for me to do when we have three solid years under our belt. But alas, at this point in time, we have uh, going on two years, but I'm still missing a, a decent gap uh, of time. And uh, there's a lot of really good readings out there. Uh, that we haven't had a chance to cover yet, so uh, more to come in in the next uh, 18 months or so. Uh, so sit back, relax, and enjoy this conversation all the way back in 2018 before we ever even imagined that we would be stuck inside for months on end. Uh, and uh, But uh, these readings... Uh, uh, Still, still have some some interesting dialogue to them, so enjoy. So, uh, so this, these are the the readings for uh, Thanksgiving Sunday, the twenty fifth uh, right. November twenty fifth, which are, is coming up uh, as you're listening to this. You're you're preparing to stuff yourself silly with turkey and gravy, and none of these readings really apply to that. So,
1: yes, I don't think
0: Jesus <laughs> ever had turkey. <laughs> He was missing out, I mean, missing out, so, Um, but, so we want to dive right into the readings then? Well, let me
1: just say one thing uh, about the the set of readings, it is the the Sunday before Advent starts, Mm -hmm. we'll talk about that, about Advent next time, but this is traditionally called either Christ the King Sunday or the Realm of Christ Sunday. Mm-hmm. And so the readings pop out of order from things that we've been talking about through the lectionary year for months. And suddenly there rises up these themes about Jesus's authority. Okay. okay.
0: And so
1: that's why there's suddenly, for instance, the reading from the Gospel of John when Jesus is on trial before Pontius Pilate. Because they're talking about kingship. It fulfills the theme of Christ the King Sunday or the realm of Christ Sunday
0: I don't know as if I've ever heard it referred to as the realm of Christ Sunday either you heretic! I know right it, it, that, that, I'm outing myself I'm sure I that, that tells that I haven't paid attention to uh, the the last year's uh, service or something well actually
1: it's it's often the Sunday that that clergy, for about the last 20 or 30 years, at least Episcopal clergy, have avoided, like the plague, preaching. So they'll bring in a seminarian or something oh, okay. to preach that day because it is a bizarre artifact.
0: The plague of the reign of Christ. Pl- <laughs> no? no? Wait, no, that's not it. That's, <laughs> that's not right. Not that's
1: not <laughs> but it's, uh, it, it's an odd concept, for mm-hmm. particularly in a democratic society, to have Christ the King. And 30 years ago and more, you'd... Could read commentaries about, oh, just say it's Christ the president, Sunday. Oh, wait, 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 wait. No, we elect presidents. That's not good. And then Watergate happened, and the whole idea of presiden-
0: presidency shifted. <coughs> Don't you elect your personal Lord and Savior? <laughs> I would say that there's a, there's a little bit of a tie there. Well, I there, there is a
1: selection, <laughs> but who calls who? That's the question. And so, there's been a, a discomfort with that to mention there's been a discomfort with the male language of Christ the King. Sure. Um, And so the term that's come up over the last decade or so is the realm of Christ, um, Mm. as in the kingdom of God type of language, so that it's a little more inclusive and gets the point of, it's not that Jesus is king of a kingdom on earth, it's instead, how is the world being transformed by God? I got gotcha. you. Okay, and so that's sort of the theme that runs
0: through these readings. Okay. Well, the, should we? You mentioned John. Do we, should we Let's start? start with John? Should we go backwards? That doesn't seem. That seems so improper.
1: <laughs> <laughs> we shall go backwards.
0: <laughs> First, before we before I read that, the the one of the things that you just said that struck me as interesting was was the the, the concept of. The kingdom being a physical realm on Earth, and that that seems to be a a, a theme that that harkening uh, back a little bit to our discussion last week uh, continues to run through the human disciples, the the, yeah. the, the mere mortals uh, that they keep they they keep getting hung up on that concept of a physical kingdom, and and as we're about to you know read it here in John. That really was not what he was, he was trying to dispel that myth. Of, yeah, Jesus
1: was trying to dispel that that myth, that expectation. Even yes, even as the disciples still had the forefront of their minds about what was the Messiah going to do, who was the Christ going to be.
0: Interesting. Well, in in an effort to not listen to myself read anymore, would you would you mind reading this this selection, or would you would you uh,
1: why well, don't you read it? Cause yeah. I bet
0: I'll do a lot of talking. Okay, <laughs> sure, sure. <clears throat> I, I, I'm happy to contribute something. Um, the, okay, so in John 18, 33 through 37, then Pilate entered the headquarters again, summoned Jesus and asked him, are you the king of the Jews? Jesus answered, do you ask this on your own or did others tell you about me? Pilate replied, I am not a Jew, am I? I your own nation and the chief priests have handed you over to me. What have you done?
1: And then the following verse is Pilate asked him, what is truth? And the conversation ends with with a hanging question.
0: As it does for most philosophy majors. Yes.
1: So, (laughs) So one of the things I wanted to make sure we hit on immediately is the whole concept of who was arresting Jesus and who was persecuting Jesus? Mm-hmm. Because it is thoroughly, uh, it is a bit confusing if you simply look at the four Gospels, each of which have a different, slightly different account of how this trial transpires. John is the most different one. But if we look at that versus the historic documents that are increasingly becoming available mm-hmm. from the time of Jesus, we see a couple different things happening. One is that Pilate was historically an extremely bloodthirsty, uh, cruel dictator over that region. Mm-hmm. That he was trying to make his career on the back of the of anyone he could accuse of being an insurgent or disloyal to Rome. Mm-hmm. So there are, are historic accounts of him <clears throat> inviting hundreds of people into a sports stadium who were in disagreements or for a town hall meeting, come tell me your grievances, and simply having the Roman soldiers kill them all. Huh. Conversation ender. Sure, yeah. <laughs> and the... Uh, <laughs> The roads to and from Jerusalem were lined with crosses of people crucified. That Pilate had a huge affection for crucifying people. That he he did dozens a day often. Interesting. So, so the He sounds so pleasant. He's a pleasant man. Trying to climb the career of the Roman Empire by trying to bring under control an area that was very unruly. Because the Folks who were part of what historically had been the Jewish homeland mm-hmm. were. There were many people there who were arm, <clears throat> armed insurgents. There were also many who were in sort of passive resistance, and others who were willing to go along to get along, but were never going to give their full allegiance to Rome. Uh, mm-hmm. And then there are others, of course, who were who were going to give their full allegiance to Rome. For a variety of reasons, so to see Pilate as sometimes is portrayed in movies and and drama, dramatizations as this
0: almost helpless passive figure is a huge mistake. Interesting. I, I, I would I would uh, point out that in in at least a lot of the uh, texts that deal with you know the Passion uh, uh, Gospel the. The language of those texts don't necessarily feed into that bloodthirstiness, right? Um, I mean, are there are there like should it like it, it, as as this was written um, in its native tongue, someone reading that would would they have gone, oh, <laughs> this guy is like borderline dangerous as he's asking these questions mm-hmm. or? Or, or did the authors kind of, you know, mellow it out a little here?
1: That that's the que- That's the historic question that we all, well, at least I want to ask soon after I get into heaven: is what was the intent behind this? But people much smarter than I, like Raymond Brown and Dominic Crossan, two uh, great scholars of the New Testament, uh, talk about this in an interesting way. Raymond Brown, particularly, talks about how the early Christians, as they began to put these stories of Jesus in writing, Mm -hmm. and therefore attributable, and therefore evidence in court, they softened the role of the Romans. Okay. And that part of Brown's theory is that that was in part to literally preserve the lives of Christians, so that if they were caught with what we would now call a Bible, if they were caught with a copy of a gospel, it would not read as an indictment of the Roman Empire and would not read as a criticism of Pontius Pilate, hmm. because that was trivial. What was much more important was spreading the message of Jesus Christ, of his death and resurrection, his teachings, his miracles, and that the... The Romans' role, while pivotal in how Jesus died, was not crucial to the message that had to be shared. Gotcha. So it wasn't a big deal to shift the blame from the Romans, who actually were, were responsible for the arrest and crucifixion of Jesus, to the Jewish leaders, who by the time these texts were written down, had been scattered mm-hmm. and were no longer uh, available for either arrest or defense. They're,
0: they're, they, yeah, It's not covered too, uh, too, too in, uh, with, an, with great entirety in the Bible, but the, the end result of many of the New Testament authors uh, was not old age. Right. <laughs> <laughs>
1: right. And a lot of the Jewish authorities was not old age. Sure. Because uh, not long after the death of Jesus, all-out war broke out. Mm-hmm. Jerusalem was burned to the ground. Many of the chief priests and scribes were executed by the Romans. Hmm. So the whole religious structure was destroyed by the Romans, and therefore, the leader, the what we read now as the leaders of the temple, was almost um, a fantasy or a fiction. Well, for the people reading because those people had been dead for you know, years—not not like fifty years, but a handful of
0: years. So so in other words this is a, this is what we have today is is more maybe more accurately described as a reconstruction. That that yeah. that that possibly these writings were initially done shortly after their events or 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 maybe a couple of years after the events of Christ and but they were lost as a result of of that war or Oh, I
1: see what you're saying. No, what we believe transpired And there's evidence to back this up by linguistic studies as well as what documents are now being recovered increasingly often through archaeology, is that Christians, for the most part, thought that Jesus was going to come back in what we now call the second coming within their lifetimes.
0: Mm, Okay.
1: And so all you had to do was tell everyone that you knew and trusted the story of who Jesus was. And your role as an evangelist was complete. Christians then saw the eyewitnesses to Jesus beginning to die of old age, and thought, "Wait a minute, we better preserve these it stories." Was
0: a preservation effort, yeah, and, and, and recognizing so, maybe the second coming is going to take a little while longer than we thought.
1: Exactly, and so then the story started to be written down, and so most of the estimates about when they were written down for the first time are are. Roughly twenty years after the mm-hmm. resurrection
0: so, so I want to take one step back we we'd previously been talking about the the writing of the role the, the role of the Romans down mm-hmm. was it also possible that because there's plenty of there's many numbers of prophecies in in the in the Bible, one of which does talk about or several of which actually do talk about you know the coming of the messiah and mm-hmm. how uh various things talk about how he's, he's going to be handed over uh implications of by his own people was there also maybe a subtle change to make make sure that it matches up with the prophecy for this, oh. the the, the purposes of storytelling
1: that's an excellent question and oh,
0: thank you <laughs> this has been <laughs>
1: <laughs> quit while you're and <clears throat> for instance if you look at the book of Psalms and the, the Psalms that refer to the that, that line up with the events of the Passion particularly there are scholars who say it looks like the book of Psalms was in a sense open as the Gospel writer was describing the crucifixion mm-hmm. so that you know, that was, um, some would say that was the memory reminder, that was the the cue of what had happened. Others said that's how the writer of that particular gospel passage, whichever one it was, it was in the Passion. That's how they were making sense of it for their readers, mm. using that imagery. Um, but it's. It, it turns into a chicken and egg dynamic of we believe that god can use anything to inspire us mm-hmm. so whether it was that god very carefully fixed within the hebrew scriptures particularly the old testament prophecies to help us understand who jesus was or if God then inspired the writers of the Gospels and Paul, Paul's writings, to go back and find those prophecies. It, in some ways, it doesn't matter. Okay. Um, it it helps us uh, as long as it opens our heart to God. It's doing the job.
0: Sure. Well, and I was more thinking a, a, the more immediate future of, of the purpose of these writings, in that the the culturally these prophecies were a regular part of of their their. You know their 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 prayers, their literature, that especially if they were uh, initially considering second coming, would would be uh, here sometime soon, and maybe we should preserve it, but only for like, you know, maybe maybe only in another twenty years, and then then the the, the Messiah will return. the uh, the the It's still fully ingrained in those in that culture. I doubt. I, I would I would assume at least. I, I doubt necessarily that that uh, many of the 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 authors were necessarily thinking we need this to last millennia and right. and and for, so that that this message can can share and it, we're kind of peering back through the looking glass and and trying to wrap our, our minds around certain cultural references mm-hmm. and, and and certain things that weren't necessarily meant for us today but that we still can derive um, value from value from exactly yeah
1: and it's they we have to keep in mind always that the writers of the what are now the scriptures are writing for their audience before them mm-hmm. and we and we believe the Holy Spirit's inspiring them to also write for future generations and to add another dimension writing for generations a thousand or two or three or four or five or ten thousand years from now so there may be passages in the scriptures now that we think are completely irrelevant or inexplicable that are just what's going to be needed ten thousand years from now mm-hmm. to the human society of that time on Earth.
0: Hmm. Well, I definitely like the uh, I, I definitely like Jesus' response to the king question, mm-hmm. just because uh, the, the, the just to go back to it real quick uh, when he's asked, "So you are a king?" He's You say you say I am, but the real answer is this is the reason I was born. Mm -hmm. I was born for this, not to rule, not to govern, uh, but to testify to the truth. And everyone who belongs to the truth listens to my voice. Uh, I I really like that answer because it's it, it it's definitely shoving aside the preconceptions that are being pushed on him by, you know, by. By Pontius Pilate, by Pontius Pilate, and by by plenty of others, no. in, including some, I assume, some of his own followers. Even. No. Uh, it, it the disciples seem to sometimes show that they get it, but many other times they they're like, "So, kingdom, right? Right? Our physical, <laughs> physical king, right? We're gonna." Overthrow Pilate, we're going to establish, we're going to take over the palace, we're going to... And you're going (laughs) to give
1: us 10,000 loaves and fishes once a week so we can eat for free? Yeah. (laughs) Those are all... And particularly in the Gospel of John, there's a, a constant tension around the apostles and the followers' expectations of Jesus, and who Jesus sees himself to be. And God's call to Jesus. Mm. And yes, this summarizes it extremely well, this mm. passage. And he also does something very typical in the Gospel of John of Jesus replying to a question, but not answering the question. It's sort of like the what classic... What a politician. Yeah, <laughs> well, I was going to say, it's like a good job interview if you answer the oh, question okay, you yeah, want yeah. to answer yes. rather than the one that's asked. Yeah, that's a good point too. Yeah, you know, yeah. And he does that throughout his conversation with Pilate as he does in Almost any conversation he has throughout the Gospel of John, it's, it's fascinating to read and to, mm-hmm. to ponder. Interesting.
0: Anything more about
1: this? Uh, one, one more thing I want to say is that something else the scholar Raymond Brown wrote, wrote about is that John's the last of the Gospels written down, and by the time it's written down, the Christian community and the Jewish community have pretty much separated Hmm. Jerusalem's been destroyed the um, people of that region have scattered through the Mediterranean they resettle through mostly urban centers on the Mediterranean shores all the way to Rome uh, and no longer mix with each other Hmm. and so that's another reason why within and remember this was an internal document the gospel was an internal document for Christians it wasn't be, this is not an
0: out for publication, right? Because again, it would get you killed. Widely distributed, gotcha. Because
1: it was literally against the law to declare anyone a god except the emperor. Hmm. So, it, when Pilate refers to the Jews, it's again almost a fictional character in the reader's minds. Hmm. Um, by the time this gospel is written down, but before that, something Dominic Crossan, the scholar, wrote about is that we know from historic documents that until Jerusalem was destroyed by the Romans, Christians and Jews lived, worshipped, did ministry, ate, did everything together. There was not a separation. Christians worshipped in the synagogue, worshipped in the temple, that uh, there's a very... there was a single community of people who believed in the one true God. Mm. And it was only because of the geographic scattering that there became this really tragic schism between Christians and Jews that's led to anti-Semitism and so much violence, even tragically in the United States in recent weeks. Yeah. That we don't believe as Episcopalians any of that anti-Semitism is God's intent, nor, um, Do we believe that Jews are going to hell? That, as Paul writes about, they're the first fruits, and we're grafted on. Hmm. That when heaven's opened, the Jewish people are in first, and we get to follow. And sadly, in Christian history, often that's been reversed in terms of both the theology preached and how um, secular laws were written and things Hmm. like that to allow discrimination. Hmm. and and violence, not just um, verbal anti-Semitism. So, sadly, the Gospel of John uses the term Jews in places that historically would not have been accurate, and Christians ran with that in very evil ways. I just want to make that explicit.
0: We don't have the most spotless of records. No, not at all. <laughs> we could... We it would it would be a very long podcast. In fact, that could be a whole completely different podcast for for that topic alone. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, uh, it, I would feel awful going through all that terrible history. <laughs> it's a real bummer, dude. <laughs> it, it, it to say the least. Yeah. To say the least.
1: And, and fortunately, we are as Episcopalians and some other Christian traditions are really working hard to make up for our, the sins of our tradition mm-hmm. and to both locally and internationally reach out I was just gonna build, say it and I, I build think it's relationships a, and offer apology where needed and do our very best to be supportive of our Jewish brothers and sisters
0: I was gonna say I would need I would even point out that we have a, a an interfaith community uh, oh, yeah. a, a group that we're you know you, very you part pati- of a, you in particular are yeah. you know are a member of and 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 uh, we regularly do things uh, yeah. uh, across kind of uh, that's a little bit more than across the aisle. That's but but you mm-hmm. know between between synagogue and church and right. mosque and, and, and temple. So crucial to
1: our life together as human beings. Yeah, yeah
0: absolutely. Well, let's let's then take what's interesting about this uh, particular Sunday's readings is it, it's a kind of a nice gospel sandwich. Uh, it, it, even though we read the gospel third, uh, we, we have a reading before mm-hmm. and a reading after. And they all actually tie together really very nicely because they they are talking about the same things. Um, the 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 John was the the manifestation of, of, of during the gospel talking about. This, but uh, it first comes up in the Daniel reading uh, mm-hmm. as as the initial prophecy of, of of certain things to come. And I love the da- the, the the language in the Daniel reading, so I'm going to read it because Good. I like it. Uh, but uh, it makes me think of it's kind of like Dungeons and, and Dragons kind of a kind of a uh, uh, verse because yes. because it's very it, it's it, it's 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 very poetic in a lot of its description. So. Without any further ado from Dungeons and Dragons, Daniel 7. uh, I'm picturing Stranger Things from Netflix. I'm ready to roll. (laughs) So in verse 9 is where we pick up here. Uh, As I watched, thrones were set in place, and an ancient one took his throne. His clothing was white as snow, and the hair of his head like pure wool. His throne was fiery flames, and its wheels were burning fire. A stream of fire issued and flowed out from his presence. A thousand thousands served him, and ten thousand times ten thousand stood attending him. The court sat in judgment, and the books were open. As I watched the night visions, I saw one like a human being coming with the clouds of heaven, and he came to the Ancient One and was presented before him. To him was given dominion and glory and kingship, that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him, his dominion is an everlasting dominion that shall not pass away, and his kingship is one that shall never be destroyed. It's a it's a really cool picture that's painted, and mm-hmm. it kind of is this is this a, a vision yeah, that, that Daniel is speaking of?
1: It's a night vision, okay. as it says. Um, that as very um, literally minded people, Westerners tend to be. Uh, it, it's hard for us to wrap our minds around. So I'm actually glad you brought that Dungeon and Dragons mindset, because it is a it's it's meant to be a very creative, poetic. Draw your emotions in more than your intellect into who God is.
0: Right, yeah, very mysterious, very yeah ethereal kind of kind of kind of evokes. Images of some some of those stories of Greek gods, or right. or you know those 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 kind of situations is a very very interesting way to to
1: yeah. And it. and one of the ongoing challenges of um, in this case Judaism, because uh, this is part of the Jewish um, scripture, is the commandment of the Ten Commandments that you're not allowed to make graven images. Mm-hmm. And so, how do you explain? trying to see God. How do you explain what that experience hmm. might be like? And what this helps us do is is anticipate not even though not so much a visual experience even though obviously this is very rich visual imagery, but rather a set of emotions and sensations hmm. when we're in the presence of
0: God. That makes sense, because there's also, uh, there's math in one of these verses that doesn't quite make, you know, sense. But, it, yeah, I assume the, the the people of the time that this was written for, it it, it was meant to evoke that sense of innumerable right. uh, uh, numbers of people. 10,000 times, you know, 10,000, yeah, that's, they, for they don't infinity. know what that is. They don't know that's...
1: <laughs> well, actually, it had to do with the concept of infinity mm-hmm. not being part of the... Um, Mediterranean culture yet, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and so there were certain numbers that one was um, like twelve times twelve was considered a perfect number and therefore a symbol for infinity. Gotcha. And so when it's like twelve times twelve thousand, that's infinity times a thousand. Right. Uh, Right. Even more. (laughs) Yeah.
0: so it's supposed it is supposed to So for all the math nerds out there, calm down. Right. <laughs> <laughs> they they did not know what that was. That was what a they, lot to they, them. They
1: knew it was infinity, but they didn't have a term. Well, I'm for saying ten thousand
0: times ten thousand. They didn't know that there's a precise, exact mathematical answer. And I'm saying they did know. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, they right. did know, but it was symbolic. It was gotcha. poetic gotcha. for infinity. Okay.
1: That, yeah, it was other cultures that developed the actual con the term infinity and Concepts for it, hmm. and at this point in the cultures that um, the Jewish people were a part of, and that part of the Mediterranean, instead, when you had certain numbers multiplied by certain numbers, everyone knew said, "Okay, that's the unending number."
0: Gotcha. Even though yeah. we know the answer. Gotcha. Gotcha. So, uh, one like a human being coming with the clouds of heaven, and early prophecy to Jesus himself.
1: Well, certainly that's or the, the Messiah
0: in general, and
1: that's certainly the Christian interpretation. And for um, I shouldn't say Christian interpretation. Perhaps there's some Christians that don't see it that way. Um, but it wasn't necessarily um, uh, messianic interpretation within the Jewish tradition. Okay. Okay. That's one that's you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. So we look back and so see maybe... that as Christians say, well, we can't help but see that. And understandably. Right. Because it's hard to not view it through the lens yeah, that we view to, it through. We're supposed yeah. to. Yeah. Um, but in terms of what people until the time of Jesus saw when they read that, there's a wide range of interpretations that are fascinating to read. Hmm. Um, but it is pretty safe to say that most Christians would see this as a foreshadowing of Jesus. Sure.
0: Well, and, and, and the following verse kind of feeds further into that, uh, which we kind of already talked about, but uh, uh, that same human being, uh, his dominion is everlasting dominion that shall not pass away. His kingship is one that shall never be destroyed. Kind of feeds further into that concept of kingdom here on earth, and and, and I, I would assume kind of lays the groundwork for the Jewish people making that uh, connection of, oh, if he is the Messiah, then he's here to reign. He's here to rule, or...
1: By some, not un- far from universally, mm-hmm. um, but... Just as quickly, just as in Christianity, we have the, the ongoing correction of, no, Jesus is not going to come and become president of the United States. Within most of Judaism, there was not an expectation that there was going to be a kingly messiah. That was a subset. Mm. But for most people, most faithful Jews then, now, most faithful Christians um, throughout history, uh, it's more of a concept of God is really the one we're supposed to give our allegiance to and not fall for the latest, greatest, shiniest king. Gotcha. And one of the interesting things that happens repeatedly through the Hebrew scriptures is almost inevitably, particularly in the earliest stories, whenever there is a king, God says, look, I'm telling you, don't have a king. And the people say, we need a king. And then the king screws up. <laughs> As kings do. As kings do. (laughs) Uh, And really that flies, continues right into the Gospels. Hmm. uh, That we keep wanting to give our allegiance to a human leader when God keeps saying, no, just give it to me and I will lead you. Right. Uh, But we don't trust that. So we'd rather Hmm. have uh, someone on earth to shoulder that load rather Hmm. than taking on that faithful task ourselves to make good choices. Interesting.
0: Faithful choices. Faithful Faithful choices. They are difficult. Yeah. Uh, so then we, we sandwich it nicely with Revelation, which uh, uh, there's a whole bunch that we could talk about the book of Revelation in general. And uh, we'll get
1: a lot of that in the coming weeks, a lot of Revelation. A lot of Revelation.
0: Yeah. Uh, so we'll, we'll, we'll save some Revelation discussion for the next mm-hmm. time. Uh, who, who really wrote it? What what in the world uh, was going on there? There's some some talk about Daniel. It's cr- uh, interesting imagery. Uh, there's some very very interesting uh, uh, imagery going on in Revelation. But um, and you get extra points
1: for keeping the title singular because it, it is the Book of Revelation, not Revelations, which sure. many people inaccurately use.
0: I will keep those. Points. that would be
1: sort of the teaser for the. coming the, the, weeks, Why the, that's important.
0: The, the points uh, are, are spendable at the local Holy Family canteen. Right?
1: Saving <laughs> <laughs> right. up for a T-shirt. Um,
0: <laughs> but uh, in this case, uh, a couple of short verses. So again, I, we're a little bit over what I normally would like to be, but uh, we'll go ahead and finish it, round it out, because, like I said, it's a it's a gospel sandwich, kind of a, yeah. a kind of a, it's all you know, before and beginning and or, or before and during and end. Uh, So in Revelation, uh, kind of bringing everything full circle, it says, Grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. There's the circle. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and freed us from our sins by his blood and made us to be a kingdom Priest serving his God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Look, he is coming with the clouds. It kind of harkens back to the Daniel reading there. Very intentionally, we believe. Uh, Every eye will see him, even those who pierced him, and on his account, all the tribes of the earth will wail. So it is to be. Amen. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was, and who is to come, the Almighty. Again, the circle. So even within this reading, there's kind of a circle, a cyclical Mm -hmm. uh, pattern of of, of storytelling. But it's a weird circle, and this is fun.
1: Okay. Is, and was, and is to come. Mm -hmm. Most people probably, if they were constructing that, would have had was, present, and future. future. Instead, the focus is on the present. Hmm. And that's a, a hugely significant intentional word construct to remind us that, as readers or, or hearers, roughly two thousand years ago, or today, or ten thousand years from now, that God is God of the present. Interesting. And wherever you are, God is. No matter how bad things are, God is. Is there.
0: So it's kind of a kind of a reminder to to the to the crowds to the reader that this isn't a story about what has happened, necessarily just what has happened or the foretelling of what is to come but keep this mindful and present in your daily life now mm-hmm. because it's just as important
1: what you're doing now
0: as 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 it was you know back when yeah. back in john or back in Daniel, or what it's going to come in the second coming. Right.
1: Yeah. You don't have. Don't live in the past. Don't live in the future. Live right now, because this is where God is, where God is active, where God is loving you,
0: hmm. and this is where you can make a difference. Yeah, and where you are
1: called to love others. That's right. Hmm.
0: Interesting. Yeah.
1: Very interesting. And it's easy to overlook that. That's
0: many scholars say that's the. Those are the key words for all those verses you read. Interesting. Well, I I, I I have to admit when I was preparing for this, I, I did read that and go. Well, that's a funny way to construct it but I guess yeah okay. let's move on <laughs> yeah, and, and, yeah, I, I overlooked it so shame yeah, on me shame on me but did uh, it, 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 it did uh, it did it uh, did speak to me a little bit but good. just enough to 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 go hey that was different
1: yeah yeah that that little blip or hmm. trip in our as we're reading which often is where God is trying to say wake up interesting
0: very interesting well anything else uh with these with these readings. Yeah,
1: probably about 3 more hours worth, but we try sure. better wrap it
0: up. And volumes volumes 4 through 8 uh we'll cover no. <laughs> You'll notice I haven't learned very much in in the year and a half we've been doing this. Well, that'll do it uh, uh for this shortcut to Sunday. Uh your podcast for the current Sunday of July 26, 2020. I hope you enjoyed that step back in time. Uh again, our well wishes to Father Bruce uh, Gray on his on his uh, uh, vacation. Uh, he'll be coming back not this coming week, so you do have uh, you have one more week of uh, some sort of look back that I'm going to put together, and uh, but it will it will resume our normal discovery through the lectionary readings after that. Um, as always, uh, you can reach us at Shortcut at HFEC.org if you have any questions, concerns, suggestions, jokes, comments, you name it. We also can be found at HFEC.org on the interwebs, uh, where you can find uh, links to all manner of content, uh, downloads for the bulletin for this upcoming Sunday, uh, um, additional uh, YouTube uh, video uh, uh, offerings that are out there. If you wanted to um, surf the catalog of YouTube videos that we have, it's gotten to be quite extensive over the years, so uh, feel free to check that out. That's HFEC videos on YouTube. A uh, number of, of sermons, of special services, of uh, um, musical offerings, uh, all, all manner of uh, good, good content out there, so I encourage you to do that. We'll be uh, having our uh, next online worship available starting Saturday at 4 p.m. And there will be a watch party at uh, uh, on Sunday at 10 a.m. And uh, I encourage you to to find that and uh, join us then. Um, and until then, I'm Ben. Portions of that were still Bruce. And we will talk to you next week. Bye-bye.